This is an elephant speak. You're talking about finding reality. for the disclaimer. The In Search of Reality podcast and its host does not necessarily believe in or claim that our guests' opinions and stories are a representation of our own views. The podcast, however, is dedicated to giving people a right to speak and share their stories. The In Search of Reality podcast and its host may neither agree or disagree with episode content, but does respect the opinions, worldviews, religious ideals, and information that our guests provide. We believe in freedom of speech and a right to an opinion. This episode is brought to you by Black Oxygen Organics. This product is 100% organic vegetative source. The benefits of fulvic acid that offer electrolytes deliver usable oxygen directly into the cells. Over 70 trace minerals that helps reduce oxidative stress, alkalizes the system, helps with circulation, balancing hormones, and improves brain function. Things like memory and mood. Fulvic acid also helps reduce toxins, heavy metals, pesticides, enhances gut flora, and improves your immune system. My personal experience, I have been able to improve my health through the use of balancing my blood sugar through diet, exercise, and the use of this wonderful product, Black Oxygen. Get you some today. It will improve your overall health greatly. Please click on the link in the show notes, Black Oxygen Organics, or simply go to InSearchOfRealityPodcast.com in the About section under Partners. Click on the link, check out the testimonials, and start living for a healthier tomorrow today. This episode, we feature an intuitive energy worker. She is helping others to discover some of life's big questions. Author of The Little Book of Big Knowing, I'd like to welcome Michelle Sammons to the show. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Yeah, it's it's nice to have you on. Um, I see that you know you, you're doing some 
some pretty interesting work uh, out there. I guess maybe where we can get started is, you know, where did you first discover or when were you first able to start tapping into like intuitive senses that you have? Yeah, well, I always like to remind folks before I launch into that story that everybody is intuitive, that it's part of the human package. Um, it's we come in with this intuition and this inner knowing and this guidance system already kind of built within us. Um, but what happens is we get distracted as we age, of course, from culture and family and school and all the bells and whistles that are going on in, in our lives. And it just kind of tends to tamp down or we tune out of our intuition. Um, and we start to really ramp up the logical analytical part of our mind. So um, just to all of your listeners out there, number one, everybody's intuitive and everybody can do exactly what I do. Um, it's just a matter of focus and interest, really. Um, so having said that, I was not one of those kids who, um, you know, saw angels at the foot of her bed at night. I was not that kid. I was a sensitive kid. I was a natural empath um, and I could feel people's emotions and, and all that can be a little overwhelming when you don't know exactly what that is. Um, so, and then as I, you know, in my mid thirties, I really started disco uh, discovering and exploring spirituality and all the different ways that can manifest and the different paths that you can choose to um, venture on. And um, what really kept drawing to me was I wanted to know my own inner wisdom. I mean, it was like such a call and a pull and a just just a desire and that's what led me on this path because I was very interested in finding out more about um, how what my inner knowing felt like and how I could experience that without always needing the wisdom from out here that's uh, interesting that you'd mentioned um, you know there's a lot of things that kind of get in our way and do you think that's possibly why children tend to have a, a different sense or, uh, I don't know what it is, but you know, a lot of people say that, you know, children are able to, you know, maybe see things or feel things or pick up on things. Yeah, sure. Because they haven't been taught yet to be analytical. They haven't been taught to, you know, we just celebrate that logical part of us so much, that problem solving part of us so much. And kids still are kind of in that, um, that wonderful, beautiful phase of where everything just comes to them and they're still curious about life and they still have a sense of wonder. So everything is kind of surprising and delightful. And that's where intuition, creativity, imagination, all loves to play. And that is really all of those aspects are kind of the same frequency or vibration. So you kind of slide in and out of there a lot, um, especially when you're a kid. And then when they start to grow up and be, you know, concerned about what their parents think or their teachers think or their friends think, we get kind of pulled away a little bit from our, um, from that aspect of us. Some people retain it. Some people have the ability to kind of hang on to it no matter what. But I find a lot of folks, um, it tends to get watered down a little bit. We stop paying attention to it. And why do you feel the need to help others with, you know, soul journeys and other questions? Uh, you know, what is it that's, that's driving you or that, that motivates you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's hard to answer because it's just, um, I call it like a tug on my heart. 
So it's a feeling, it's a desire um, that I can't logically explain to you. And um, the reason for that is because it's a soul desire. So it it was kind of a seed was kind of planted before I came into this life of, um, you know, this is the direction that you're going to want to move in. And so it's hard to kind of logically explain because, you know, my family's not necessarily interested in this kind of thing. Um, my, my friends that I grew up with weren't kind of interested in this kind of thing. So it really had to kind of buck the current a little bit and, and follow my heart, which is what all of us really truly want to do. Um, it's just having the, the courage to do it um, and the willingness to not be able to explain it and still go out and do it, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it wasn't like uh, a life-changing event that happened to you or anything. It's more like a part of your, your programming or what you, what you came into in this life as what you needed to, to be or do? Well... I have a couple of things to say about that. So it wasn't a programming in sense that um, it was a desire. And that feels very different than a program that kind of gets installed and you follow that program no matter, no matter what. It's like coded, right? Like a computer or a game, it's coded and it's going to play a certain way. So a soul desire doesn't really feel like that. Um, because it can manifest in a lot of different ways. Like my soul and source and creation, they don't really care the specifics necessarily of how I manifest this. It's That is kind of the personality that gets to have a say in all of that, the persona that I am as Michelle Sammons in this body this time around. So I get to have a lot of say in how it looks. You know, do I want to do a podcast or do I want to write a book or do I, you know, want to have seances, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. I mean, it could have come through yoga or all sorts of different ways. Um, but, but the personality got a choice in that aspect. Um, and then you asked about life-changing events. A lot of folks, when they talk about awakening or enlightenment, you know, we hear about the big booms, right? We hear about the people who have the, you know, the near death experiences or, or the something traumatic happens or major happens and, and they have shift and that's great. And, and that story gets told a lot because it has a lot of drama to it. Right. But most of us have these, um, have these minor shifts, these almost like one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, that leads you to the life, to your purpose, to, to enlightenment or awakening or what your soul's journey, whatever you like to call it. But they're, they're just as important and they're, and they're just as life-changing, but it's not quite so hard on the physical apparatus, on the body. You know, we're not having to, you know, apple cart turn over all of our beliefs at once. So a lot of us are having those kind of shifts um, and those are really important. And that's, that's the people I tend to serve, the folks who are um, having this kind of shift and this kind of shift, and they don't understand it at first. And at first it looks like a midlife crisis, or I don't know what to do when my kids go to college, or, or a, you know, a 30-year-old is like, I don't want to go into corporate life. You know, they're having these kind of, these questions about what's out here when it's really what's going on in here. So that's kind of um, what a lot of folks 
are um, working through. That makes sense. And that's what you're doing is you're, you help others to work through those kinds of things. And, um, and is that correct? Like you help them like try to focus in and find their life path or find reason behind what, why they're feeling or thinking the way they're doing? Yeah. So you can never get off your path. I always like to remind folks of that. So, cause that's one of the, the biggest questions I get the most prevalent questions is, you know, I don't feel like I'm on my path or how do I find my path or I don't know my purpose. And, you know, people get all like worked up and dramatic about it. Um, but you cannot get off your path because what happens is, you know, you help to co-create your reality um, with your soul, with source, with the universe. And as you make a decision, it's almost like the future steps rearrange themselves. So it's not like you're, there's a destiny out there and you're trying to figure out the, the most efficient way to that destiny. Um, what you're doing is you're listening or we're trying to listen to our intuition, our inner knowing, our inner wisdom, that communication with our broader self, higher self, whatever you like to call it. And then trying to navigate our physical life with step after step after step. And the most important thing to remember is that your soul doesn't necessarily have it all figured out either. So it's not like there's a part of you that's sitting in the sky going, oh, Michelle's not getting it right this time. What is she thinking? Like, it doesn't work that way because we're, so to speak, in the trenches, right? So we're giving feedback of, of okay, we can hear, I can hear them this way, but I can't hear them that way. And then they adjust and then we adjust. So it's really a co-creative experience um, for the fun of it, right? So if if you're journal and you have to be somewhere, you know, why not be on an adventure? And this is the adventure most of us have chosen this time around. I think that's a really good way to, to put things. Uh, it's interesting. Um, your book, yeah. The Little Book of Big Knowing. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I have a copy so you can see it. It's a bright big blue book there. Uh, can you just maybe talk a little bit about what, you know, the book's about kind of you know, some things that, you know, without giving too much away, but just, just give people an idea of, you know, what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, the little book, a big knowing, um, tiny burst of insight to wake up your soul, um, was really, it was a passion project. So, um, it was written for the woman I used to be, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So when I first started exploring spirituality and I was kind of starting to think out of the box about um, what that looked like for me and what that felt like, I could have used this little book because it's just gentle reminders of, of how the universe works, how your soul's journey works, you know, that you have a broader part of you, that you have free will. It's, and it's written in these little bursts. So each page has like maybe 100 or 200 words, just a little message. And what I encourage my readers to do is to read it in the fashion that it was written in, in burst. So, you know, you maybe read a page or two, let it marinate, let it sink into your bones, and then come back to it when you're ready. And Another great way, I think, to read the book is to allow your intuition to guide you. So you don't have to read it from cover to cover. You know, open a page willy-nilly and see, see what's there for you that day, um, because that's going to really kind of pertain to your life and exactly where you are. Um, and I also I, trust yourself. So anyone who reads the book and if something doesn't quite gel with you, 
that's it's not meant for you at this time or maybe it's meant just to wiggle something in you at this time but you don't have to resonate with every single page to um, kind of reap the benefits from it so um, you know you can use it I, I like to use it in the morning even for myself I'll read a little bit every once in a while just to kind of give me something to like food for thought and um, and that's kind of how it's written is food for thought that's great. And you said, you know, you were passionate about it. What, what is some of the inspiration, um, you know, behind it, behind writing this book? Because, I mean, writing a book's not easy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And that's just a paradigm, right? So it actually wasn't too hard. Once I um, have always wanted to write, I've always thought that it would be a wonderful thing to have, you know, to have a book out there that I could share with the world. It's almost like a love letter. And so, um, but I always didn't I always had this thought, well, I don't know what to write. I don't have a subject yet. And then, you know, that's how life works. When, when you're ready, the ideas will just come. You have to just be in the vibration, the frequency of the openness, and then they just kind of drop in. And once I got started, the momentum took over. So it actually wrote itself pretty fast, um, which is fun because then you're just riding the flow of energy, right? You're just, you're just in the groove. Um, and that's when creation is, is the most fun. Um, but it was definitely a passion project. I have lots of clients who, um, you know, they want to make spirituality a part of their daily life. You know, they um, have these highs and lows or these, these peak moments of, of inspiration or insight. Um, but they want it on a regular basis. So this is just a little, a little book that can give you some nuggets to chew on. Um, so that way you incorporate it into your daily life. Cause that's when life gets really sweet is when we're kind of living it all the time. Yeah, I can attest to that. I think, um, it's important to live in the present moment as much as possible and yes. enjoy it. Take it all in yes. Yes. or it passes you by. Um, so the importance of maybe listening to your inner self and meditation, because I think those things kind of go together. Well, for, they did for me. So, um, meditation really, that was kind of my first step into, um, what I like to call the woo woo world. So I can remember, you know, 12 years ago, I'm, I'm from Memphis, a, a Southern town, very conservative. And there was a meditation class at the yoga studio where I took yoga once a week. And, um, I, a girlfriend and I, we would like literally sneak into this class cause we didn't want anyone to know we were meditating and sneak out of the class. And, um, luckily we had a lovely teacher who would not only could teach mindfulness and meditation and teach you how to kind of quiet your mind and, and allow that to happen, but also knew was very informed about energy and the things that can pop up during meditation. Um, so that didn't seem so scary or foreign. Um, so not to uh, say that it wasn't scary at times because, you know, every new experience can kind of rattle you, but meditation was a huge part for me in, um, in opening to my inner knowing just, the fact of quieting this outer world in order to tune in was so helpful for me. Um, now, a lot of folks can't meditate for whatever reason. They're, it's just not, um, it's not where they are right then. And so I encourage those folks to do things like, you know, do something that is almost methodical that you don't have to put a lot of thought into. So like running is a great thing, swimming, um, riding a bicycle. For folks who are more, um, 
you know, aren't as physical in nature. You can do things like sewing or crocheting or knitting, anything that's kind of um, methodical like that. What it does is it, it puts you into that same rhythm. So there's lots of ways to get there. Yoga is another way to get there. There's many different avenues. But for me, meditation was was what I went with. I think those are those are good suggestions for people who struggle to meditate. But I also think too that um, you know people tend to think that you know you can just meditate. I think for some of us it takes it takes a lot of practice to get to get pretty good at meditating, to quiet the mind, to you know to learn how to to do those kinds of things because it's not that it's not that easy. Well. Well, for sure. So, and that's why they call it a practice, right? So you're not supposed to get it perfect. And I've been meditating a long time now. And, um, and I still have days that I sit in, in, in the mind is, is going, you know, so the, for your listeners out there, um, the best thing to do is to be kind to yourself. You're going to have those days. You're going to have those days where, you know, for whatever reason, Maybe you meditate in the morning and your morning started even before your meditation did. You're worried about a problem at work. You're worried about a kid or, you know, something's up. So just when that happens, a lot of compassion for the self um, because you're going to have them and that's all right. That's part of being human. And the, the key for me was consistency. It was just showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up because your, your human mind will learn, oh, this is what we do when we sit in this chair. You know, it'll have these different keys. So if someone's um, starting a meditation practice, I always encourage them to, you know, carve out a sacred place and a sacred time is what I like to say. So it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have an altar and incense and light a candle. I mean, if that rings your bells, go for it. But, you know, for me, my, my routine's really simple. I have a chair that I like to sit in. I have a morning time I like to do it in a certain room. Um, I have a certain kind of process where I start to just let go of the thoughts and, and you just kind of explore what works for you. So there's lots of lovely meditation books out there. Um, but don't ever go at the attitude that it's a manual of how to do it. It's just suggestions. And then you have to really make it your own because it's your practice. That's well said. You had mentioned that you gained a knowing through meditation. Is that is that kind of where you've gained a lot of your knowledge about, you know, the universe and kind of, or is it like a, a combination of things, meditation, and you're just touching on your intuitive? Um, well, your- so what happened for me is during meditation, I would have experiences um, that I couldn't explain. And so I was turn- I was tuning into different vibrations or frequencies, some people call them dimensions, um, that I couldn't logically explain, but I knew these experiences were real. Um, I was meeting beings and guides. Um, I was um, feeling vibrations in my physical body um, that were not part of my daily life. And so when, and that was part of my um, awakening journey. And I call it that because I don't think it ever stops, you know, so you're going to continue to just open and open and open. And that was um, how it manifested for me. It was, um, and without really understanding what I was doing, I was then matching those energies so I could, to join those frequencies. I was allowing myself to match them. And then I was 
um, having experiences that I was really reading and didn't know that I was doing that. So when I started this, I also found a, a mentor and someone that could help explain these things to me and just show me the process because everybody's process is differently of how they communicate. Um, so um, that's how it worked for me. Now, other folks, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of artists and creatives and um, musicians, they're, they're, they communicate at a different level. They communicate through creativity, inspiration, that kind. So we're, we're all communicating um, and mine just happened to kind of blossom through meditation. You had mentioned that you met beings. Um, are they like religious type or are they something else? <laughs> so everything is energy, right? And so what, when you um, encounter a, a being that is of a different frequency, um, you're really, it's almost like they're making an energy impression on my energy field, right? So they're kind of impressing on me and then it still gets interpreted through this mind body Michelle Salmon's thing. So with all of the different um, paradigms that I have going on, that energy gets interpreted through that. So um, it's pure energy when it comes through. And then I add that layer and you try as a, as a reader, you try to be as neutral as possible. So you you're as clear as possible on that information um, without all of the stuff, but you do add a bit of that to it. So sometimes depending on their frequency, um, someone's, a, and I don't want to say a high frequency cause then it, people think it's, it's all here now, but there's different dimensions, like a finer frequency. Maybe that's the better word, but, um, they tend to be more like light beings. They show up as light and energy and it's more of a, a feeling impressing information on you. Um, there are beings that show up that have different flavors, you know, that feel a little otherworldly or feel a little um, spiritual in aspect. I've had different kind of entities show up from different types of religions um, that I'm not necessarily familiar with, but they have wisdom to impart or, um, or help that they'd like to offer. Um, so there, and there's all different types of beings. And what happens is they have certain interests. And so they come in during your lifetime when you have a certain interest and they might have helpful guidance for you or support or information. Um, so, you know, you have helper guides and you have, you have certain guides. I like to call them your wise guys that are with you all the time. They kind of signed up for this human adventure and they know you best. So they also kind of help to filter information into you too. Um, so there are different, I like to call it flavors to the beings. Um, and that's basically on the flavor is kind of, um, oh gosh, how to describe it is really just a reflection of, of their interest if that makes sense, and their dimension and frequency. It's kind of a combination, if you will. I hope I didn't make that any more confusing there. It's hard to, um, it's hard to put a summary on the universe, right? No, I, I think you explained that pretty well. Um, so these wise guys, that would be like what some people maybe call your, um, your spirit guides or something the, the people that the, the, I guess the beans that kind of help you throughout your lifetime. 
Yeah. So you're, what I like to lovingly call your wise guys is um, some people call it your soul counsel. Um, they're, they're also helper guides or um, spirit guides. But what I find when I work with people, most folks, all folks have a, a team that is kind of dedicated to them. And it's kind of like, Imagine if we, if you were an astronaut and you would have mission control back at Houston, right? So you have a team that's like, that really knows you and what you wanted to do while you were here and what you're interested in. And, and those guys um, help with kind of your path of least resistance to get there. And it's definitely a team effort because you're giving them feedback. They're giving you feedback. And um, then they bring in... I'll say experts for lack of a better word, different beings and guides um, when, when you're interested or when more help is needed or when a certain topic comes up that it would be helpful to have someone else's information on. It's not quite that segmented out or separated. It's more of a flow and a stream than it is that, but um, it helps the human mind to uh, be able to label it a little. The human mind likes labels. That's excellent. All right, I got a big question for you. Okay, I'm ready. What is the purpose of life? Um, I believe the purpose of life is to reconnect with that. Um, and now the word that wants to come is your true self. So it's the self that is... It's to reconnect all of you, the whole of you, to bring that into every experience. And so that's the person you, that's the personality that shows up this time around, that's the soul you, that's the source you, that's all of these beings that kind of flank you. It's that whole you wants to be in on the party. It wants to participate. And when we allow all of that to flow through us, that's when life becomes magical and fun and effortless and just miraculous. And we all have glimpses of this. Um, and it lures us in that direction through bliss and happiness and passion and excitement and enthusiasm and exuberance. I mean, all those things that feel good, that is life wanting in on the party. Um, and when we allow all of that to, to come and play, that's when that's one of our main reasons for becoming into physical life. Can we do that? Can we, can we come into a physical form in a limited environment with, and we had to agree to that to like come into, you know, this limited environment, this big, massive energy of a soul come into a little bitty baby body. And then what can we do from there? I mean, that is exciting. What's possible? That's exciting. That's exciting. So then I think I know the answer to this, but then reincarnation is, is a thing, right? I believe reincarnation is a thing. Now, um, whether you get reincarnated next time, I mean, there's all different ways to, to view reincarnation, right? So some people believe that you progress up like some kind of spiritual ladder or for me, everything is happening here and now. So all of your reincarnations happening here and now. So it's not happening in the past or the future. It's happening now, which is exciting because all of those different yous, your, your soul is all of that. 
And you have access to all of that and that information and insight and um, just knowledge that you can glean through that soul self that is kind of, you know, like the big octopus, if you will, with all these little tentacles out there. Um, so that's fun. And when you change or open here and allow more, it affects everything else because it's all whole. It's all you. So the more someone chooses to open up here and allow and flow, that affects everything. Everything reshuffles. That, that's interesting. I like the way you put that, the octopus with the tentacles. Now, do you think that's probably why then you can tap into a past life and it changes kind of, you can change and alter your behavior in this in this life, I guess it wouldn't technically be a past life if it's currently all happening now. It'd be a concurrent life. Yeah, yeah. And it would just feel to us either past or future, or it could even feel, um, so your soul is really, you know, inquisitive. So it could be in different dimensions too. So it doesn't have to be in just this earthly form. Um, It can be lots of places because your soul is unlimited and creative. So, but yeah, you can change an aspect about yourself here. And when I mean change an aspect, it's the vibration, it's the frequency that you're allowing more of, that you're tapping into. So when you, um, when you change that, when you allow that, that's what affects everything else because everything is energy. Everything is energy. What are your thoughts? I'm reading a really fascinating book by a doctor. I think I've talked, my guests probably know, I've probably mentioned this guy like 20 times on my show, but Dr. Joe Dispenenza, what are your thoughts on like being able to heal yourself through like the thought of energy and that kind of thing? So yes, yes, yes. The, um, my view of that is that, um, Healing is just a form of transformation, right? And it's just a form of change. And when you, when you, how do I explain this? So through healing, um, the easiest way to heal yourself is to view yourself as not broken, right? So when you're, when you're thinking, I need a healing or something needs fixing, you're creating a gap. Of, of where you are to where you want to be, so to speak, or where your body is to where you want to be. Um, but if you just know that there's a frequency of yourself that is healed, that is whole, that is um, that already, then you just allow that in. And so you don't even have to be super specific with it, I think. I think it's almost easier if you're not, if you just think about what it feels like to be healthy, what it feels like to have vitality or what it feels like to be, have flexibility in the body or to have wholeness in the body. It's because when we're, if everything is energy, what we're really wanting, if we're trying to heal something is more energy, right? But you are the energy and energy flows through you and out. So any healing that wants to take place in the body is really just an allowing of the energy to come forth. Because the body knows what to do. The body is miraculous and incredibly smart and has consciousness. And it is, it is 
wanting energy. It is open for energy. It's just us, our mind chatter, our paradigms and beliefs that kind of get in the way and block it. So when we can open that up to we are whole, we are healthy, we are um, superhuman, if you want, then that's when all of that energy can come through and, and vibrate at that frequency. That's, that's actually the title of the book, too. That's, that's fascinating that uh, you, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, energy, wanting and needing more energy. And he talks a lot about that, about how to live in the present moment and not to focus on things that have happened in the past because you are kind of letting some of that energy, you know, be in the past and you're bringing that, 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 that some of that negativity to the current present moment. Um, just that's, I think that's very well explained by you. Um, yeah, like the, if I could add something to that. So the present moment is so important because if you close your eyes and you really feel into just this moment, there's nothing you really need or want. Typically. I mean, if you just really reside right in this hot second, then really you're, you're, you're fine, you're whole, you're complete. There's nothing that needs fixing or adjusting or even transforming. You're, you're whole. And so when we really start to um, do our best to reside in that present moment as, as much as we can, um, then we really feel that wholeness. We feel that ability to not create gaps. And then the universe can just bring us more of that being like, satisfied that satisfaction feeling and so when you i understand why he suggests not thinking too much in the past or even not thinking too much in the future is because that's when we get a little a little crazy with our thoughts because we want to fix something or we're worried about something and so that's what creates these kind of anxious moments and so when we dip into that frequency we bring more of that to us problem solving, got to figure it out thing. But when we reside in the present moment, um, we've, and we've all had feelings of this, of where life just kind of becomes, it comes to us instead of us having to go fix it or go get it or to make something happen. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's another, again, very well explained. Um, can you maybe provide some examples or even personal experiences that kind of prove, you know, some of the work you're doing has been really beneficial? Well, <laughs> that's a great question, but you know, it's probably a better question for my clients, right? Because um, what I flow out is only helpful if it resonates with the person I'm working with. And so, you know, we get these wonderful experiences of shifts that happen, health shifts and mental shifts, and people get clear about their way forward. Um, but I'm, how I see it is I'm just co-creating with them, right? So they have asked the universe for something and I'm just filling in a spot. So um, it's really them that is healing, transforming themselves. And I just happen to be um the conduit at that time does that make sense yes it does um so then what happens what do you think happens when we pass on oh i think you know <laughs> number one 
um, my sense is that it's exhilarating um, as a so as as a medium um, that's that's not my specialty but that happens when loved ones want to come in um, and uh, it's not the frequency I usually choose to play in but sometimes that's really important for someone to um, understand about existence after death um, it's not even death it's really what like a transition really we're walking from one room into another um, and every soul that I've encountered um, that has information for their loved one it's always that they're fine they're happy they're good they're you know there are um, I don't want to say on to bigger and better things but they're on to their next adventure right and so um, depending on where we how we transition and what our beliefs are when we transition you know that's still going to affect our next adventure um, so but it's it's definitely um, an exhilarating time for for this part of us to join that soul part of us um, so it's like going home like homecoming if you will so it's that warm kind of um, wonderful feeling of, of returning after a long trip or an adventure yeah I think it's that's a good way to put it and I think oftentimes us as humans, you know, we feel sad for the, the person that has passed on or moved on, but really we should be happy, right? And and kind of celebrating their life and that they're moving on to bigger and better things. Um, I think some of it might be selfish reasons why we are sad because we're no longer going to be able to, you know, experience the physical life with them, at least in this lifetime, right? Yeah. So my sense about that, Dylan, is that, you know, when so energy once that exists always exists and it may change form like a like water going from an ice cube to vapors right so um the the sense of loss that a lot of people feel when someone passes is that that energy has changed form so it's kind of changed from this kind of and you can tell if you've ever been with someone who's who has died um there is a change like yes the body stops breathing and stops pumping blood and all that good stuff but there's almost like an emptiness to the body where the spirit has gone on and that that change of energy that happens there it creates like a ripple effect in our own energy fields and so it's i don't want to say it's disengaging it's probably too harsh of a word but we can feel that within our own energy field and that change is um, alarming for some folks because then they think they're gone but they're they're not gone what's happened is you're you're sensing the change into a different form a finer frequency a higher vibration if you will and so for those folks who can um, tune into that you they'll notice it it just changes forms it just changes um, the feeling nature of it so a lot of folks will have dreams of loved ones that have passed on um they'll have you know they'll think they see them through the window i mean you hear these things and what happens is once we get through the, the and there's no judgment in this but it's just a denser vibration of the grief vibration um, once we get through that vibration um it's so dense it's hard to hear or sense better word um that finer frequency that your loved one now is because your loved one loves you and doesn't want you to be sad of course doesn't want you to grieve because they're they're good um 
but once we get through that kind of grief process, that's when you usually hear people start to have these kind of um, experiences. So that's, that's kind of where the most important thing probably that your listeners want to know about um, their loved ones that have passed is that you still have access to them. So that knowledge and love and um, wisdom that they had in this lifetime, not only do they still retain that, but now they have access to all of them. They have like a fuller, broader experience. Um, so when you tap into them, they're not always going to feel exactly like they did in a human body because they've let go of all that negative negativity and lower frequencies. Um, so allow that change to be part of it. That's natural and um, what happens when we kind of expand into that fuller version of ourselves. That's fascinating. Now, do you have any um, maybe personal experiences you could share, have, like where you've maybe been in contact with a loved one or somebody that's passed on? Yeah, so um, I do. So it, it happens to me, um, uh, I shouldn't say frequently, but every now and then I'll have a loved one that comes in, um, a grandmother or my dad passed when I was little, and they'll have wisdom to share. But usually what they want to know for me to know is the love that they're passing on. It's almost like being kind of wrapped in a hug, if you will, if it's like an energetic hug. It, it infuses the whole body with that emotion of love and peace. Um, and that will happen in a reading for folks also where a loved one will want to come in and they'll, um, they'll want to infuse that environment with, with love and calm and knowingness um, because they, they understand, especially someone who is, was tied to you physically, um, they understand um, that human life is dense and, and beautiful, but it is, um, can be, if you want it to be, it can be full of struggle and strife, right? So they just want to help ease that. They're always trying to ease that so that way we can be more in harmony with them and with ourselves and with our soul and with source um so that's that's the desire that's typically there that's pretty neat and then you know you you're open to doing readings for people then that's kind of what you you know you're part of your business and what you're what you're doing that yes so i work with clients um uh in group sessions but usually one-on-one -on -one, um for what i like to do is um, someone, I like to work with people who are open to the energy of behind why things are happening in their life. So um, we all have free will. We all have a soul's journey. And sometimes when you um, combine that broader information with also your specific human information, you, you get a lot of clarity. So that's what I do um, mostly with my clients. Um, and I work with people around the world um, that are, are just a lovely group. Folks, check her out. Get her book. Um, she's definitely got some knowledge that's that's great, or she's tapping into some source. Um, where can we find your work, the wonderful things that you're doing, and maybe where can we get a hold of your book? Yeah, so if you want to know more about me, um, the best thing to do is go to my website, which is michellesammons.com. Um, it has lots of lovely things there. There's meditations, there's free resources, there are blogs and videos and um, just lots of fun things to explore. You can also find out ways to work with me and find out more about the book. Um, and then the book, the little book, Big Knowing, is 
available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, all of your major retailers. Excellent. Hey, thanks, Michelle, again for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Dylan, it, it was a true pleasure. You asked wonderful questions, insightful and, and knowledgeable, and I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, that's it for the show, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening in. Please remember to share the show. That's the only way we're going to get the show to keep growing. Uh, thank you guys for all your support. And remember one thing. I want you guys to question everything and find your own truth. Take care, guys.